Rob, happy bid. Guys, nothing has changed for you. Can, can we be careful with that one? Motherfucker, sit down, shut up, stay in your own lane. I'm sorry. I didn't get that memo. This guy comes into your house as a guest and then takes a giant shit on your living room floor. I, I can't blame you because after all this time, I should have just trusted you without saying it. Cappy's got a jar of peanut butter there somewhere. Uh, the only way that dog could tolerate him. I'm too tall for that. Fuck it, I don't give a shit. And there goes the monetization. Birth control makes women unattractive and crazy. The fuck? Red evening. It's better than work. <laughs> hey, real quick, for at least a moment, I got something that will not harm or demonetize your channel. But since you're calling this 227 Rob Returneth, I got something. Here we go. the monetization. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Indiana Jones, right? Hmm? Indiana Jones, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I keep getting that mixed up with something else. No, that, that's Indiana Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, you know, Rob returneth. There we go. There's my, you know, prodigal son returns. <laughs> Back from fire breathing and, and show plays and carnies and everything. That's right. That's right. Have you been? Good. I've been good. This week was actually pretty fucking good. One, the weather. The weather, man, It's it almost hit 50 degrees today, Fahrenheit. And I'm just like, holy shit. For the end of January, this is like almost record breaking. Today was sunny and nice. I was just like, oh man, it was so good. And then tomorrow, the belly dancer and I are going to go see a play. And so, yeah, it's going to be a good time. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's it's warming up here as well. Thank the Lord. Mm. The problem was it was like, it's not cold and snowy. It was cold and wet. Mm. Yeah, That's it kind of sounds like here last week. It snowed a whole fucking bunch like a week and a half ago, like three, four days straight of snow where I was like, ah, winter as I remember it. Here it is. And then it just kind of warmed up just enough that it didn't snow, but it just rained. And it's like, and that's okay. I'll take rain over snow. But at the same time, I'm like, can can we just have the sun come out for a while? You know? And then today, it's like the good Lord, my brothers in Christ out there. The good Lord answered my prayers and gave me sun today. It was great. I didn't take you for a religious man. Well, you know everybody's getting on the Christ pill lately, so why not? 
You can't oh, beat them, join them. Is it that time of the year again? It's that time of every four years because it's an election year. So there it is. I did see, um, so I follow a couple of like the culture critics and they had one of the Republican candidates on. I'm like, okay, that's uh, like, I saw it. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to watch that. But it's like, okay, so politicians are now finally getting involved in culture, but they're getting involved in like geek and media culture. Well, like, yeah, they're, can they're... we, for the love of God, keep those separate? But right. No. Well, they're, they're that meme of Steve Buscemi with the skateboard and he's wearing the hoodie and he's like, hello there, young people, you know, trying to act young type of shit. That's what that is. That's all that is. They're, they're trying to remain relevant because they're old and they're fucking stupid. And maybe if I get on and debate a, you know, a, a, a blue-haired smurf or something, if I get on the internets, the interwebs with you young people, I'll be relevant and you'll give me your vote. That's all that bullshit is. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, escapism used to be just that, escapism. Mm. Just, just keep it to escapism. Good versus evil. Like, we don't need evil to have a personality. Okay, they, they did it right with Thanos and maybe a bit with Loki, but in general, can't a guy just be evil? Right. Can't a guy just be Sauron where it's like, yeah, I do it because I want to. Like, right. Or Heath Ledger's Joker, you know? He he was just, you know, what Gotham needs is a better class of criminal, you mm. know? he It wasn't, oh, I was beat up as a child and I misunderstood and I can't afford meds. It's, hey, I want to be a bad guy. I'm going to be the bad guy. That's it. Yeah, it's refreshing, you know, when we go back to villainry for the sake of being a villain. Mm -hmm. But that was the nice part about what Nolan did with Joker, where it's like his backstory is, uh, how does he put it? Multiple choice. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I liked Joker. I did. We're talking about Joaquin Phoenix, right? Oh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It's, it's a different take on the villain. You get a little more backstory, but the part I did not like about it was you feel bad for him because, well, he's a victim because he he's mentally ill and he's a retard living at home with his mom and, and all this other bullshit. And I get it and it makes for a great story, but I'm like, can't you be more like Heath Ledger's Joker where you're the bad guy because you woke up one day and decided I'm the bad guy because what Gotham needs is a better criminal. You know, that's the thing I've, I always liked about older movies, older stories, okay? Mm -hmm. Like Star Wars. You didn't know that Darth Vader was Anakin Skywalker in the beginning. You didn't that know. There's no meat. Right. Okay. You, you didn't know that, you know, he had a wife and all this other stuff that comes out in the prequels and in other areas, which is interesting. I'm not saying it isn't. But when you first saw Darth Vader in A New Hope, when he came in through the, the blast doors that the troopers busted open and they're looking at their dead, and he kind of comes in and puts his hands on his hips, looks around, and then starts strolling through the, the wreckage. A whole He's, different theme. Dun, dun, dun. He was just a bad fucking guy. You know, why? Because he could. And that's the, that's the villains I always loved. 
it's it, it's not because mommy and daddy didn't love me enough or mommy and daddy helicoptered me and because I didn't get the meds and and the treatment that I needed no it's I woke up one day and decided fuck everything the world needs a better villain and since nobody else is stepping up I'm going to be that villain. Mm -hmm. And that's the villains I like the best. They woke up and chose villainry. Was it clear, though, in A New Hope that he was, like, part man? Oh, yeah. To me, it was. He, I never saw him as, like, a machine. Okay, I didn't know what he was as far as, is he an alien under that mask? Or what, a, what the hell is he? But I knew he wasn't a robot. You know, his argument with Obi-Wan Kenobi before he fucking wiped him out kind of, you know, told me that, okay, well, he's he's not a robot. I don't know what he is, whether he's human or humanoid, you know, because he walks on two legs. But clearly he's he is something living, even though Obi-Wan later, you know, said he's more machine than man now, twisted and evil. Yeah, but okay. that was an empire, right? Right, or in, but uh... that's, yeah, that's where, but that's where that, that extra came from, hmm. okay? And even when he told Luke, you know, I'm your father, and Luke fucking shit his pants and fucking jumped off the ledge type of thing. Okay, so now we know he's human, but he's still a bad guy. Oh. He's not crying to Luke going, well, you know, if your mother hadn't been such a cunt and if Obi-Wan hadn't been such a douche, you know, he's still a bad guy. He's, he's telling his kid, hey, I'm your dad, and by the way, come with me and we'll rule the galaxy together. Not improve, not better. No, rule. No, rule. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. It's embrace the dark side, my son. Yeah, Over here, we got fucking cookies. You know, this, uh, getting the poor out of poverty. And no, we're we're not no, here rule. to we're not here to represent marginalization for the marginalized. We're here to rule the galaxy as father and son. And I'm like, oh man, I love this. This is great. Same as Hans Gruber from Die Hard. Mm, because, mm -hmm. because. Yeah, Hans Gruber is another great example. He shows up and it's like, wow, he is, he's a bad guy. And he didn't give a fuck. And there's no backstory of, well, I grew up in poverty and I had to rub two pennies together and $20 is $20. He didn't do any of that shit. He just came in. He's like, no, I'm here to take all the Barabons and so I can get 20% interest. <laughs> you know, and... Hey, you know, oh, I, I don't know the code to the safe. So you, 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 you're just going to have to kill me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Pop. Boom. There's, um, like, you might have heard of that show, Blue-Eyed Samurai. Mm -mm. Okay, so, um, is that spoiler territory? Not for no. me, it isn't. Maybe for the chat, but not for me. Yeah, no, not per, not per se. So it's, um, it's set in medieval Japan. Okay. And medieval Japan was pretty, um, how do you phrase that? They were pretty um, brutal, attentive to their borders, mm. sort of thing. Oh, yeah, they like, set they, up, they set up razor wire. Okay, like uh, we don't want the West in here, and blah blah blah. That's and fair. You have and uh, they they didn't like the white man mm. back then. They still don't like anybody there. Right, so that doesn't matter. Hey, good for them. Yeah, pretty much. But um, like the villain in that story is actually like pretty straight down to business. I do it for wealth. 
I do it for prosperity. And you know what? It's like that scene from uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Like, if you're going to shoot somebody, stop talking about it and shoot them. Right. And he just shoots the Shogun. Like, the Shogun acts all brave. Like, I am. I do not fear death and blah, blah, blah. Grab your sword. And he's like, nah. Boom. Just shoots him. Nay. That's a fair assessment and a fair answer to the question. I get it. it it's kind of like, you know, the argument who shot first? Was it Han or was it Greedo? And of course, you know, Lucas went in and altered it when in the beginning Han shot first. Oh, with that ugly uh, Yeah, that was Greedo. Yeah. Greedo sitting at the table telling him, you know, I'm gonna sell you to Jabba or whatever and you know, maybe, you know, if Jabba's nice, he'll only take your ship. And Han says, over my dead body. And Greedo goes, yes, exactly. You get the point. And then fucking Han just lays into him with the pistol under the table. Okay. Han Solo, a.k.a. Indiana Jones, did the same thing in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Your, oh. your samurai story. He's out there trying to find uh, Marion, the chick, because they ran off with her. And he's running around and all of a sudden he confronts Andre the Giant with a scimitar fucking sword. And the guy's Brother. flipping it around and doing his thing. And Indiana just pulls out his six shot and fucking shoots him. Yeah. Drops him Although, right like, there. What's up, Vince? Hey, Vince, what up, dork? <laughs> ah. Like, Andre the Giant comes later. The guy with the saber is just an ordinary guy. And then you... Is that the same movie? Raiders of the Lost Ark? It is. Ark, where it's like Raiders. The giant German guy who. No, no. I that the, I understand that. I I'm saying Andre the Giant in a metaphorical sense because oh, when man. the guy pulled out the saber, he's a big motherfucker. Now he's not as big as the German that got chopped up by the prophet later on. Okay, that guy was truly Andre the Giant when you get into the size. But the guy with the saber was pretty intimidating even before he started swinging it around. But then he starts doing his fucking sword dance and it's like, oh, fuck. And Indiana just pulled out his fucking revolver and shot him. Mm. And it's like, ah, well, that's the that's the that's the correct response. That's the yeah. correct response. That may be anti-hero. That may be, in my eyes, full on villain. It's like, who's the villain of the story? Indiana Jones. Just like Han Solo was the villain. You know, it's like, oh, fuck him. You shoot first. You know, you want to swing your sword around? I'm going to put a bullet in you. It's that simple. Mm. Okay. Dame Digital brought up a good one, too. Have you seen the movie Usual Suspects? It's got Kevin Spacey and a whole bunch of other motherfuckers. Okay. You need to check that out. You've heard the name Kaiser Sose, right? Uh, I did. Well, maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But the term Kaiser Sose originated from that movie. You need to watch that movie. Talk about a villain for the sake of being a villain. Kaiser Sose is it, man. It's like, mm. oh, shit. And I'm not going to say any more about who, what, when, where, for, or why, and how. You just got to watch it. But Dame, Dame, dude, your, your fucking, your, your numbers just went way up on my respect scale, dude. The <laughs> fact that you know fucking the usual suspects. Yeah. Because that's where Kaiser Sose originated from. The whole story, the myth, the man, the legend, and fuck, there's things that go on that you're like, oh. Oh, oh, fuck. And then, holy fuck, you didn't know until you knew. And it's like, eh, it's fucking crazy, man. It's a good movie. What, what film is that phrased from, like, I might have told you everything you know about me, but I haven't told you everything Oh, I that, well, that for me, 
There may be other movies. I don't know. The one movie I know is it's from a movie. It's a late 80s cult classic vampire film called Near Dark. Mm. And there's a character in it named Caleb. He's the protagonist. He's the good guy. He's the main star. And there's a you know, this whole group of vampires, even though they don't call them vampires, they're, they're vampires. But he mows one of them down with an 18-wheeler, okay? Fucking plows the dude down, and then all of a sudden the dude crawls up, you know, all the trucks still move, and he crawls up onto the hood, and he's all fucked up and bloody, and he starts punching holes in the hood and ripping it open as he's yanking parts of the motor out and that character's name was Severin, okay? Severin was played by Bill Paxton, by the way. One of his earlier roles before he kind of got big. Well, then Caleb jackknifes the truck and it blows up and blows Severin to hell, okay? But then the head vampire, and I forget his the character's name, what, what they called him, Jesse. That's it, Jesse. He's from the Civil War. Okay, that's how old he is. But it's Lance Henriksen's the actor, okay? But he shows up and he's like, Caleb, I taught Severn everything he knew, but I didn't teach him everything I know. <laughs> and that's where I got that from with the whole, I taught you what you know, but I haven't taught you everything about me. You know, I haven't taught you everything I know. Because man, it, it got interesting at that point. You know, I taught Severn everything he knew, but I didn't teach him everything I know. Oh, nice. Dark Knight Dev with the five bucks. Thank you very much. Sweet. Dave Letterman used that dynamic of Kaiser Sa Oh, Kaiser so Saze. So say. So say. When he got blackmailed for cheating on his wife. If anybody destroys my family, it's going to be me. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. So, like, have you seen nobody? Mm -mm. So it's kind of like that. Somebody goes after your family and then you go full scorched earth. Well, which is exactly what Kaiser Sose does to his own family. That's the urban myth. That's the legend. Mm. There's a bunch of bad shit that happens because, you know, he's like this underworld guy, you know, this criminal thing. And they can't get to him, so they they go after his family. Well, he ends up, like, killing his own family and burning everything to the ground. Because, you know, fuck them. That's why. You know, <laughs> you, you can't get to me because everything you can get to, I got to it before you did. And what, what Dark Knight Dev said, you know, Dave Letterman... You may not want to fuck around with that guy too much because if he went Kaiser Sose on his own family, holy shit, there you go. But like, does he mean David Letterman, the talk show host? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, that's exactly who he's talking about. I remember yeah. now, man, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was some wild shit there too. What yeah, is that story? Uh, Dev, you know it better than me. Wasn't it some kind of scandal, impropriety, some bullshit. And he decided to, to, to fucking, you know, he someone was trying to blackmail him. You know, if, if you don't give me money, I'm going to say this, that, and the other to your wife and kids. And he said, I'll do you one better. I'll do it myself. You know, and so he did. Like on fucking TV or something like that, if I recall right. <laughs> Damn. Well, thank you for the five bucks, Dev. God damn. Well, you know what? Thinking of the the Kaiser Sose with with Letterman, that actually happened also. Much less. D Dave Letterman's was way more 
enticing, intense, you know, more titillating, whatever. But the same shit happened to Stephen King, okay? Really? Oh, yeah. Stephen King had a pen name. He was uh, Richard Bachman. His, he, he wrote a few books under his own name. And then under the name Richard Bachman, he wrote like five novels, okay? Mm -hmm. Because he wanted to kind of do something different. Just, you know, it's a pen name. Most mm -hmm. authors have them. Well, mm -hmm. somebody figured it out that, oh, wait, Richard Bachman is Stephen King and Stephen King is Richard Bachman. And they tried to blackmail him. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they wrote him a letter or called him up or whatever they did and said, look, I know you and Richard Bachman are the same dude. And if you don't pay me whatever the amount of money was, I'm going to blab to the world that you're him. Well, Stephen King did one better and said, fuck it, I ain't paying you shit. And he went out and told everyone, hey, by the way, I'm Richard Bachman. Mm -hmm. You know, all these novels that I wrote under the name, you know, all these novels under the name Richard Bachman, they're mine. Mm. You know, and that's when they rebranded the titles and all that, you know, Stephen King writing as Richard Bachman. You know? yeah, I mean, that would sell more if he came out of Stephen King. Like, how many books does that man have? Oh, my God, dude. I've lost count. Okay. One thing I... I I hate Stephen King as a, as a political analyst. That it's like, dude, I don't give a fuck about your politics. Okay? You know, I mean, everyone has their politics. We all do. Full circle. Yeah, you have your politics. Every asshole in the chat has their. I have mine. We all have our politics. Mm. I don't care. I don't want to know Stephen King's fucking politics. It's none of my business. I grew up and so did he. We, he and I grew up in a time where you didn't talk about religion and you didn't talk about politics because those did are you, personal. Did you bro both grow up in Maine? That seems to be the place where all of his stories transpire. Well, the great majority of them do. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. I just want him to write fucking books. It's like, dude, do what you do best. Go back to writing. Go back to writing scary fucking tales and I'll buy them. And I'll shut the fuck up and I'll be happy to read them. But when you go on Twitter or some other place and you're talking politics, it's like, dude, shut up. You know, you're alienating your fan base because you're trying to be a political analyst. And I don't care what your politics are. Just write fucking novels. That's what you do. That's why I'm happy to say, take my fucking money. But until you can fucking shut the fuck up, I'm not going to give you money if you can't shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine, his dad collected Stephen King books and was like almost an entire case. Oh, yeah, dude. Just Stephen King. Almost every book I have of Stephen King's is hardback. First printing. Really? Oh, yeah. Dude, I'll own it right here now when it comes to fiction. Okay, not nonfiction and other things, but pure fiction. Stephen King has been almost my entire life has been my favorite author, okay? And and yeah, guys can go, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. And, and I'll agree. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. You're right. I don't care. His stories are entertaining to me, so go fuck off. Mm -hmm. And so I'll read his shit. But in, when he started getting political, I'm like, oh, man, just go back to writing novels. It's what you do. That's why, like, for instance, Kiss, the band, mm -hmm. okay? It's only in the last couple of years that Gene Simmons is starting to run his mouth 
when it comes to things other than Kiss. And it's like, dude, shut up. Just go back to writing songs and wearing your grease paint and blowing fire and hanging your tongue out and fucking your bass guitar. Go back to that shit, man. Just go back to playing music. I don't need to know your politics. I don't need your your social marm. You need to be doing this. No, 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 Gene, shut the fuck up. Go back to playing music. It's what you're best at. Go back to that. And that's how I look at it, you know? So many guys, so many bands, so many people. It's like, why stick with what you know? Yeah, there was a lot of that. Like, especially during, when was this? Like 2020-ish? Like, their bands came out, although Foo Fighters was already on the down back then. But then they started to get political and it's like, oh, this song is about that and that song is about that. And it was a kick-ass song and it was like, yeah, no, no, this is groovy. And then, yeah, it's about when Trump got elected. It's like, can you Shut the not? fuck up! Yeah. Because as soon as you hear that, you know, and then you listen to the song and it's like, oh, never mind. Like, the song, song is ruined. Mm-hmm. Like, never mind. The song is now ruined. Right. That's what That's I mean. Just, That's what I mean. You know, so many bands, so many people of talent whether they're an author or they're a musician or a painter or whatever, they, they have their niche. They got their thing that makes them great. They stand out amongst everyone. And it's by a long shot. It's not, oh, you're just a little better than these other guys or that other dude. No, they're like fucking miles ahead. And they're doing great. And then they have to go and fucking step on their own dick and it's like <laughs> what what are you doing go back to what you're known for shut the fuck up about shit that you you don't know and it's not your arena go back make your money fuck your women do your thing don't get into politics because let's be honest jack i've not I'm not saying politicians can't be wealthy of course they can of course a lot of them are mm -hmm. but let me ask you based on what you've seen over the last 10 fucking years and you're way more political than me trust me i know you are mm -hmm. would you want to be a politician mm -mm. There you go. Mm -mm. No, 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 no. There you go. Why, then why go into that arena? Especially, you know, you're starting out and you ain't shit and nobody knows you and you ain't got nothing. Okay, oh, I, you know, I'm going to throw my hat into the political arena. All right, whatever, man, do your thing. Okay, and maybe somehow you are the polished turd of turds. Okay, maybe that's how you become president of the United States. You're the polished turd in the turd bowl, okay? But if you have anything else, I don't care what it is. You have anything else that makes you stand out even just a little bit from the, the next guy standing next to you. Do you really want to throw your hat into the turd bowl? I wouldn't. Not for a million dollars, not for 10 million. It's like, no, I'll just be a musician or an author or some asshole who runs his mouth on a podcast. And I'll be a cult leader and I'll fuck politics. Fuck that shit. That is the kiss of death. Unless that's your thing, you know, that's what you start in. And even then, like I just said, you're the polished turd amongst a bowl of turds. Well, is that something you really want to go around bragging about? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a high class grade A turd. 
<laughs> I mean, with politicians too, Cappy always made that argument where it's like, can you imagine Hillary Clinton playing with her grandkids? Hmm? Things like that. Like everything you live and breathe is politics and it takes up so much that makes you miss the small thing in life. Right. Kind of thing. But again, you're the most polished turd amongst a bunch of other turds. Okay. It, it's yeah, because like, you like can no politician has it um, like... Politicians have their best interest, their own best interest. Well, part. just like anybody does. Okay. Mm -hmm. But again, you can have your own best interests and be in a band. You can have your own best interests and be an author. You can have your own best interests and be a forklift operator. <laughs> like that one. Okay. Mm -hmm. You can have your own best interests and bang a bunch of women or date one or two or whatever. And you can also have your own best interests and be the most polished turd in the turd bowl. Politics, by God. Right? I, haven't, I haven't looked at Dutch politics in ages. Good. Which is good. Good, yes. Yeah. I'm happy to hear that. There might actually be hope for you. Yeah, the, la <laughs> the last thing I heard was like that the, the far right guy won, but nothing has changed. Mm, just Dark another turd. For, nah, Dark Knight Death for another five bucks. Thank you very much, Dev, for the five. Watch Ransom with Mel Gibson. Gary Sinise. Sinise kidnaps Mel's kid. Wants two million. Mel puts a bounty on Gary and the rest of the kidnappers. Great movie. It is. Now, Ransom's a good movie. Yep. I've seen it. Never seen it. Yeah, Mel Gibson it was good in the 80s. Oh, did early he? 90s? Yeah, even in the early 90s. I liked Braveheart. What? When did Lethal Weapon came out? Oh, God, that was like 88, mm. 88, 87, maybe even 86. What do you guys, you know, Goldie, you know, Coldy or Dev or somebody, go look that up. I know it was mid to late 80s when the original Lethal Weapon came out. That's, mm. that's, that's older. Yeah. 87. Mm. There it is. Damn. I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> Oh, right. but those were fun films. I remember that when I was younger. They always like at eight thirty, those films would start. Yep. At eight thirty, commercial breaks and things like that, and you just wanted to watch the film. But it was always like those eighties buddy cop films. Right. They were absolutely great. Hey, you want to see another one that uh, had its own limited success that came off of Lethal Weapon? Check out the movie Stakeout with Emilio Estevez and Richard Dreyfus. Yeah, because it's a cop thing. They're, they're a couple of cops, and they're on a stakeout. They're looking for a bad guy, and so they're doing surveillance on his girlfriend. And it's very lethal weapon minus the heavy action violence that happens in Lethal Weapon, and there's a lot more comedy. Great yeah. film. Great film. Never seen it. Oh, you Never. should check it out, dude. I love that film. Huh. Because again, there's more comedy in it. It's a little more lighthearted. It's not slapstick and satire. It's not that kind. I mean, it's it's meant to be an action film, but it's not nearly as heavy in the action as Lethal Weapon was. But Lethal Weapon was, in a lot of ways, was a lot more darker. Mm -hmm. This one's not quite as dark. If you want something a little more on the light side, a little more humorous, but it still has enough action. It's still got enough, you know, I'm alpha male going on in there. The, the, you know, the alpha males in the audience can still appreciate the film. I mean, that's everything in the 80s. The male mm -hmm. power fantasy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. But this one was, it came after Lethal Weapon. I remember that. And I was like, oh, instead of a black guy and a white guy, it's two white guys. And one's a bit older than the other. And there's a lot more humor in it. Mm -hmm. Because there is some of the shit they say to each other and the shit that goes on. You're, you crack up a lot in Stakeout, where Lethal Weapon had its moments, but it's not really meant to be a funny film. You want funny for Lethal Weapon, go watch Lethal Weapon 2 when they brought in Joe Pesci. Okay, mm. which Stakeout in that sense is a lot like that. Only instead of a third, it's just the two guys playing off each other. Mm. Oh, that annoying character. Mm. Oh my God. Yeah. Free South Africa now, you dumb son of a bitch. Yay, you dumb son of a bitch. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Free Africa. The, the real Uncle Hector. You two made a career of it. I never liked you two. Never. No, neither did I. They were insufferable from oh, day one. Oh, my God. Bono is the most insufferable jackass of them all. There is this documentary of Jimmy Page, Jack White, and The Edge from you too and like I remember um, I had a friend back then who was very much into guitar the even edge. he was like why is the edge there why is the edge there like all he does is play with his pedals like you got Jack White you got fucking Jimmy P fucking Jimmy Page and then him it's like two musical geniuses and the edge although <laughs> two musical geniuses and the edge <laughs> yeah I mean, okay, you two are successful, more successful than I will ever be. I'll give them that. Hey, like, yeah, but I at mean, the so, same time, but, insufferable assholes. I mean, Bono was also always like, um, like save the char starving children, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, his personal sunglasses could like save half that continent by how much they cost. Right. No, My sunglasses could... could... <sighs> Sorry. No, you're Great not point. wrong, dude. Like I said, I've never... To, to go back to what you just oh, yeah. said, you two are way more talented and yada, yada, blah, blah, than I'll ever be in a million years. Yeah, I'll give them that. And they got more money than Carter has liver pills. All right, <laughs> I'll give them that. But I've never cared for them because I've always thought they were a bunch of insufferable assholes. It's like, nah, that's, I, you know, it's that politic shit that it's like, oh, that's like, at least for a minute back in the like the late 80s early 90s i could at least kind of enjoy rage against the machine even though they're a bunch of commies but that's the whole argument right like music has always been political no 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 you go and listen to Jimi hendrix you go listen to elvis you go listen to kiss Okay. They don't sing about politics. They sing about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah, but then you get the punk scene. But even the punk scene was more like... Which is why I never got into the punk scene, because that was political. Mm -hmm. You know, besides they only cool. knew three chords. I mean, fucking ACDC. They only know three chords. Every fucking album sounds the same as the last album. Yep, it's they just have a matter. Thirty best-selling albums or something. Why well, they're they're still around? You know, Bon Scott died from alcohol, and then they brought Brian Johnson in, and they got huge. All right, yet it's the same three chords. It's the same shit they do on every album, and yet everybody fucking knows them. Everybody loves them. Why? 
because they don't sing about politics. They sing about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. If I want politics, I can go on the internet today or I could go watch television. I don't want to hear politics in my music. My music is my escapism. I want to hear about chicks and doing lines of cocaine off her asshole. That's what I want to hear. That's how it goes. 80s glam metal. I do think that's funny though. There's this meme floating around like, was gay men in the 80s. Yeah, Freddie Mercury. Like, looks like a normal guy. <laughs> gay men in the 2000s. Hey, well, Whole completely different contrast. Oh, it is. And Jordan, you're not wrong. The 60s were political. Absolutely. I'm going to pee real quick. All right. Well, me too. Play a um, commercial or something if you got it. Stop fucking thinking that you need your woman to, like, align with you completely. Because you know who's going to you know who's gonna align with you completely? A man. A, a man with Asperger's. All right, you music aficionados. So here's a question. Jordan brought up a good point about the 60s scene was a lot of it was political because of Vietnam. And, and you're not wrong, dude. You're absolutely right. Which is why, for the most part, there's only a small handful of bands that I could get into from that time era. And hell, I grew up with it. Hell, my dad was in the Vietnam conflict. Okay. He, he's, he was there. So I understand it. And most of it, I could give a fuck, which is where it's like, oh, gee, what 60s bands did I listen to? The, the same 60s band my bands that my dad did. Okay. The Doors, Three Dog Night, Iron Butterfly. Okay. There's not a lot of politics in their songs. I'm not saying they don't have any. Yeah, there's a couple. There's there's hints and references here and there, but they're not rage for the pharmaceutical company or they're not that those assholes that did Joshua Tree, okay? They're not like that where yeah, there's plenty of bands who got really political back in the day. And yeah, I don't listen to any of them because my I don't want my fucking politics in my music. Or my music and my politics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was a thing too, where George Bush used the Foo Fighters song and they got pissed off. Like, don't use our music for your campaign. It's like, he paid for it, I guess. Well, and you know, here's the fun thing. <clears throat> here's the fun thing that I, I love. Because I remember this happened to The Doors. Okay, the band. I was just talking to the guys about The Doors right, right before you came back. Real briefly. Okay. There was a point in time, obviously, The Doors wrote a song. You may or may not know it, Jack. It's called Light My Fire. I have heard of that song. Right. Yes. You, you've, heard, you've heard rumor of a song called Light My Fire. Okay. So you probably maybe know that there was a point they went on the Ed Sullivan show to play that mm -hmm. song. And Ed Sullivan's people said, um... This is national television. We we have a problem with some of your lyrics. You know, you say, you know, girl, we couldn't get much higher. Mm -hmm. We need you to not say that. We need you to maybe change it to like, girl, we couldn't get much better. Okay, And this was before they went on. And the band had a meeting. I mean, it's in Oliver Stone's movie, if you guys want the, the quick reference. I've seen that with Val Kilmer, Yes, right? correct. Well... The band was all like, well, the Rolling Stones changed their shit and a bunch of other bands changed theirs. What's what's the deal? And Jim was having none of it. 
So, of course, they go on and do the song, and he, sa he says it, you know, girl, we couldn't get much higher, okay? And they got shut down and got, you know, uninvited. They never were allowed to go back on the Ed Sullivan show, okay? My point is, you can change up a bunch of shit, and, oh, later in that same movie, and it's also something that happened going into Foo Fighters, okay? There came a point where I, I think it was a car dealership or somebody, a major ma automotive manufacturer decided to use Light My Fire as part of a commercial for one of their cars. Mm -hmm. And when Jim found out about it, he shit kittens. He got pissed off. And yet the band was like, bro, I don't see the problem. We're getting paid. But ultimately it was out of their hands entirely because Electra Records owned the rights. Yeah, that was the whole thing with musicians back then, where they didn't even own their own music. Right. That's how Dude. Michael Jackson got the right to the Beatles or whatever. Well, yeah, he, he bought the rights from the Beatles record company, okay? That was the trade-off probably up until the early 90s or until the internet started becoming a thing, okay? You want a record deal? Well, one, you'd, you'd actually better have a little bit of talent. Okay, you, you know, you need to be marketable, okay? Somebody had to find you. They went to the club and saw you playing and said, oh, wow, these guys have potential. And they offer you a record deal and they pay you a certain amount of money up front, okay? But in return, you owe them three albums and mm -hmm. they get the royalties, they get all the rights. Where you make your money, you get that upfront lump sum and then you get money on the merchandise you sell at the concert. Okay, you're not making money on the tickets. No, that shit goes to the promoters at the venues, that goes to the roadies, that goes for insurance, all that shit. Okay, where do bands make their money? It's in the merchandise. That's why you're paying $45 for a t-shirt back in 1987. Okay, you get, you know, $45 now ain't shit. Okay, the, you know, that's, that's the starting point now. But I remember t-shirts and hats and bandanas and girls' panties being 45 bucks a piece Adjusted back in 1980. That's what, right. 120? Oh, at least. Probably closer to 160. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Okay, but when you had a record deal, you had access to the some of the top studios in the world. You had access to the top producers, top mixers top songwriters to help you write a song, okay? You go and you look at a lot of bands, and one of them that I think of all the time, Desmond Child, okay? Go look at any Kiss album. Go look at some of Michael Jackson's stuff. Go look at all these guys from like the 80s. And anyone that had a top hit, there's a good chance Desmond Child was, was one of the writers, okay? Because they'd hire this guy and he'd come in and the dude's a fucking writer. That's what he does. He writes songs. So he'd come up with lyrics. He'd come up with melodies. You name it. Okay. But when you had a record deal back in the day, you got your lump sum up front. You got access to the top studios in the world. You got access to top producers, mixers, masters, and songwriters. And you did your thing and then you went out on tour. But the payoff or the the opposite of, you know, the 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 where you sold your soul, you sold out was, well, you don't own the rights to your shit. It's not yours anymore. It's the record companies and they can do with it as they see fit. 
One, you don't get royalties unless you negotiated that, which, yeah, there's a lot of artists today that do that. But back then, you didn't have that leverage, just like the Beatles. Okay, the Beatles didn't have that leverage. It was the, the, the record company that owned the rights, which Michael Jackson then went in and bought. So he became the owner of the Beatles catalog. So anytime a, a, a radio station played their songs, he got a cut. Anytime some person went out and bought a Beatles record, Michael Jackson got a cut. That's royalties. That's how that works. Now, there's artists today that either have renegotiated that type of stuff. And so now they're getting a cut or maybe all of it, ideally. And I hope they do. I really do. But the other side was, okay, you could be like most bands, a lot of young bands today, where you don't have a manager, you don't have a major label backing you up. So everything falls on you. Yep, whatever ticket sales you get, that's your money. But you still got to pay for insurance. You still got to pay the promoter. You still got to pay the roadies. You still got to fucking do all your shit plus merch and all the, the bullshit. Yeah, you have the rights to your music. And so any sales you do get, you get the money. You get the royalties. You get the proceeds. That's great. Except when you're under a major label, not only did they do all the heavy lifting, they did all the promoting. They were the ones doing all the advertising and putting your album in stores. Okay, well, we're not in the CD age or the cassette tape anymore, Rob. You're right, but we're in the MP3 age and hey, you want to sell a bunch of MP3s, you still need an advertising budget. That's what a major record label gave you. They did the heavy lifting while you went out and played your music. So there's trade-offs. Mm -hmm. Do you want world renowned that the world knows who you are? But well, worst case, you don't own the rights to your own material. Or do you want to be half-assed and yep, it's all yours, but nobody knows about you? Yeah, that's the whole thing. Like, especially these days, it's mostly online. Like you are your own marketer, mm -hmm. especially with YouTube, things like that. But then Arctic Monkeys did it like that, I believe. You you know Arctic Monkeys? Nope. It's kind of in the, um, er, when was this? 2010s? Somewhere around there, maybe a bit later, mid 2010s, um, YouTube was just coming up, and that's how the Arctic Monkeys became popular. They they uploaded it to YouTube, and that's how they got discovered. Right, but they had to have been one of the original YouTube musician yeah. artists type of thing. They, they were a pioneer, okay. But it, it reminds me. It, let me ask you this, Jack, and same with the chat. I got a question for you guys that listen to hard rock heavy metal, okay? Going back to the 90s and the mid 80s. Y'all heard about the Scorpions. You've all heard about Iron Maiden. You've all heard about Metallica and Megadeth and Anthrax. And Slayer. And Slayer, okay? You've heard about Bon Jovi and Dokken, but have you heard about Saints and Sinners? Does ring a bell. Does it? Yeah. Then who Can't are they? Can't recall a song. Oh, can't recall the song. Oh, it's like the name. Oh, wow. I rest my case. Okay. Mm. So, Saints and Sinners came out in the mid to late 80s during the hair metal rage with Winger and with uh, Firehouse and with Skid Row and Guns N' Roses. Okay. They were all part of that scene. And they're Canadian, believe it or not. Okay, they put together an album. It's self-titled. It's called Saints and Sinners. 
I have a copy on CD that I bought from a CD store that used to exist. They're no longer Ooh. around. Same here in my hometown. Okay. Like Coldman just said Firehouse is good stuff. Okay. Dude, but have you heard of Saints and Sinners? You're saying Firehouse, and I agree with you, Coldy. Dude, they're they're almost they're not clones of Firehouse, but they're that same vein of Firehouse. And in fact, I think Saints and Sinners is better than Firehouse. Musically talented, okay? They put together an album and then everything fell apart because thank you, Kurt Cobain. <laughs> The he album. really isn't. He really isn't a favorite of Yeah, see, Jordan at least looked it up. They're from Quebec. Right. Okay. When I got a copy, because they had a song on the radio, okay? It's called We Belong. It's like a ballad, okay? But I found a copy that the, the record store I used to frequent, and it was a local place. It wasn't a chain. He had like four fucking copies that had... In the corner of the jewel case, there was a hole punched in him. And I was like, what does that mean? Is this used? Did someone else own this? He's like, oh no, that's never been opened. I was like, then what does this mean? He goes, that means two things. One, you buy it, no refund. Hmm. Okay, no refund, no return. And I said, why? He goes, because I bought it from the band themselves directly. Ooh. Okay, whatever money he gave them to buy however many copies he bought, he paid them. So now he's recouping it. And of course, he's charging more than what he paid. I guarantee he probably bought them for like five bucks a piece back then. Okay? And he's selling them for 12 bucks. But it was the band knew him and said, hey, we got a fucking trunk load of CDs that we produced and put out and our label fell apart. Everything went to shit. And we're just trying to we're, we're not even trying to break even. We're just trying to make some money now. We're trying to recoup whatever we can. And whatever deal they worked out, he said, sure, fine. I'll buy 30 of them for three bucks a piece or whatever. And they said, done. And they sold them to him. But yet you listen to the quality. They went into a top shelf studio. They had a top notch uh, producer and a mixer with them. Okay. But they fell apart because the, the market was already oversaturated because of Firehouse, because of Metallica, because of Bon Jovi. Okay. All of these other bands, Saints and Sinners could have been the next big thing. Okay. They could have been, in my estimation, they could have been just as big as Bon Jovi. But they didn't have a major label. And the small label they did have went tits up. Mm -hmm. And at that point, labels were looking for different things. Because like you mentioned, the market was already saturated. Looking for different things. You had to be different. That's why even now, it's hard to find music that's different. Right. Another it's band, real music. quick, I want to throw out there is I just had another one pop in my head. For all the guys in the chat that are talking about Firehouse and Saints and Sinners and all these other bands. Here's another one you guys may or may not know. Jack, you may or may not know. Dirty Rhythm. Of course you don't, yet they were on the radio. They had a one-hit wonder. But again, that was another band, another hair metal band, that to me could have actually gone somewhere. Now, granted, they didn't go the way of Saints and Sinners. They didn't die before they got out of the starting gate, but they died shortly after. But you want to hear a good album... Check out Saints and or Dirty Dirty Rhythms album, okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to remember the name of it, but they got a song on there called uh, "I Can Feel the Fire." That one was on the radio, 
I remember that. Hmm. There's also this band I listened to, Ice Nine Kills, mm. and I thought they were I thought they were like uh, a recent band. Nope, they've been around out, for a while. All, Jesus Christ, they were doing this for 20 years or yep. something like that. They yep. came up during the the Vans uh, the Vans tour kind of thing with the screamo and everything, yeah. and they had I don't know how many albums before their record finally hit. Right. Like what? But that's the what? thing that, you know, artists today, these young bands that are starting out, coming up. I mean, I'm thinking of like, personally, like the failsafe. I know Kyo and Jesse and Chad and all the guys in the band. I've had them on my show. Okay. And they recently here in the last year went to Tennessee and actually did their EP. And, and I'm dying. I want to know. I'm going to have to hit them up and ask them, like, never mind airfare or travel expenses and room and board. And I know they uh, had a bunch of equipment stolen from, okay? So somebody broke into their place they were staying at or the van they had all their equipment in, whatever, stole a bunch of shit. Okay, never mind those expenses. I want to know how much they paid for time in the studio. Given the fact that I'm imagining... They didn't write their EP in the studio, okay? They already had the tracks. They'd already wrote them and rehearsed them and, okay, this is what we got. And then they went to Tennessee and paid whatever they paid and had this EP produced. But they're selling it on their own, which, hey, that's great. But I guarantee you, it's a tough fucking slog compared to if you had a record label that would do the heavy lifting behind you. But the trade-off is, well, we'll give you the money and we'll we'll promote you. We will put your CD in the stores, your MP3s out there. We'll do it all. And you'll be big. You'll be known. You'll be the next Bon Jovi type of thing. The, the cost of it, though, the price is we own the rights. Yeah, it's selling your soul. Well, it is, but it's one of those things, you know, which, which do you want? Do you want fame and fortune and everyone to know your shit? Or do you want to do it all by yourself? And especially in today's world where, hey, everyone can be an independent band, musician, journalist, you name it. Yeah, pretty much. Want to wrap this one up? Sure. Everything Rob, robsays.net. Dark Knight Dev, thank you very much for the total of $10 super chats. Really appreciate it. Damn right, Guys, Dev. Hit the like, subscribe if you haven't. Comment down below your thoughts of this show. And we'll see you guys next week. All the links are in the chat. Take us out. Buy a record, guys. We'll see. <laughs> Support your local band. That's Cheers. right.